Hello everybody, it's your girl Joy Has Questions and I am just going to jump right into it with this week's You Better Know. Um, last week, or actually I should say a couple of weeks ago, the world lost author Intisake Shange, who was better known for color girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. Um, this woman was a pioneer, I feel, in telling the voice of black women, especially of trauma how we process it, how it's ignored by others, how we internalize it, how we just try and maintain and get through it. Um, when it's down to all the different colors of women and more commonly, or I should say more recently, Tyler Perry, uh, of course, made the movie that was with Michael Ely, Janet Jackson, uh, and the all-star cast that was associated with it. But in terms of just what it meant. She definitely was influential in terms of so many freedom fighters, such as Tarana Burke, who is the architect or the creator of the Me Too movement. She also inspired Lynn Nottage, who is the Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. And in terms of what the play did in the 70s, or basically what it even was, it was an interwoven series of poetic monologues set to music. And each color identifies that specific African-American woman. Um, This was something that had 750 performances on Broadway. And she was the second African-American woman after Lorraine Hansberry, obviously, for A Raisin in the Sun, to be featured on Broadway for her uh, literary work. In terms of when it opened, this woman was 27 years old. So if you all ever feel like, oh, I'm too young or I need to get my ducks in the row, that does not stop you from making, or I should say that should not stop you from making an impact and for speaking your truth. Um, In terms of her published work, she had 19 poetry books, six novels, five children's books, and three collection of essays. I just cannot even go on and on in terms of this woman and what she gave to everyone Um, in terms of even her uh, education and how she gave back. She taught at Brown University, Rice, Villanova, DePaul, Prairie View, Sonoma. She lectured at Yale, Howard, and countless others. Um, Her daughter basically uh, announced that she died. But when it comes down to the power of the voice of women, or I should say especially black women, do not take that for granted at all. Um, This woman revolutionized the perception of black women and stood up for us at a time when we were being dismissed and not having anyone to reflect our pain, our sorrow, but also our triumph and victory. Rest in peace, queen. And now let's get into my amazing guest on this week's Joy Has Questions. Hello, everybody. Once again, this amazing Sunday in the beautiful city of Wynn, Chicago, Illinois. It is your girl, Joy Has Questions. When I tell you I am super excited about my guest today, I remember, I don't even know, I found her on Facebook one day. (sighs) She is woke. She is smart. I'm like, she's sitting here coming through with edges. I'm like, I am here for her. Um, This woman is truly a beacon in terms of living in your truth, um, celebrating blackness, celebrating marginalized groups, not taking no mess as a true Chicago woman. (laughs) I think that is our firm definition in terms of who we are. So 
activist, poet, executive director, all these things embody her. I have Leslie Honoré on the show today. Hello, love. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing really great. Oh, I forgot. Accomplished. Author. The list just goes on and on. Like, you're the original Daenerys Targaryen. What? <laughs> the fact that you know the reference is making me emotional. Because I'm like... <laughs> I am the mother of dragons. Yes, mother of I am the of breaker dragons. of chains. Okay. Okay, I just, that was just. First of her name. <laughs> you better. Oh, that just, <laughs> I'm I'm good. Like, I don't think I've ever had a better intro. Thank you. I can leave now. Thank you. Girl, that was good. I'm, that is the one thing. I'm like, I was trying to make my intros very, very. Um, that was beautiful. Authentic. Woo. So I'm happy. I'm super happy to have you here. Especially, um. Just so you know, with you being someone that I have admired for so long from afar, it is sometimes nerve-wracking because then you get nervous. Like, if I meet them in person and they're mean or if they're entitled, not only is that going to piss me off, it's going to break my heart. So, you have been one of the sweetest people. I met her, like, I met her in person, y'all, in Starbucks on 53rd. I was like, it's her, Jasmine. Jasmine's like, calm down. (laughs) I am super happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled Yay. I'm just delighted thank you so let's just get right into it next segment that I always do love it is so according to IG um I'm still trying to find my happy from this election Ooh. um I feel like everybody is just on edge still because two key states which would be just monumental Georgia and Florida now Andrew Gillum he conceded now he retracted his concession now they have to count the votes you also have Brian Nell Florida is just historically known for being a special type of racist like they go above and beyond I even did my research the NAACP historically like when they in the 40s and 50s were generating reports in terms of lynching and everything they were happening they were saying on top of lynching, Florida just went above and beyond to, you know, to dehumanize um, black bodies when it came to their techniques. So I'm just like, I don't know what's up with the seat of the state, but mm-hmm. it seems like something is always going on. Then you also have Georgia, Brian Kemp versus Stacey Abrams, which I think this is the epitome of cisgender white men trying to intimidate strong, powerful black women. Absolutely. And I'm like, don't you buckle, sis. Don't you dare. Um, watching those races specifically, what was your guttural reaction like when election night came in? Just to see, like, it, it, have you followed it or? Okay, got you. Number one, you have. So, what was your thoughts on it? Um, I don't know if I'm jaded or if I've just really come to terms with um, Americanism. It's like this is our reality. Why are we surprised? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is any of this shocking to us? Um, I was really thrilled for. Um, local Chicagoans who are black and women who are making strides. Um, My girlfriend, Juliana, like I'm over the moon with knowing that she is going to be making sure that she's holding JB accountable, Mm -hmm. that she is, you know, speaking for us. Um, Lauren Underwood, like I'm really excited about the mayoral election coming up. I love Amara. Like (sighs) I'm excited about those things. Right. Um, but when it comes to Florida and Alabama and I mean, just Southern states in general, just America in general, uh, I think, unfortunately, everybody cannot walk with this idealism of the American dream mm-hmm. and American democracy and every vote counts. 
And it's an extreme privilege to be able to even consider politics. Um, when we really get, you know, angry about Americans, especially Americans of color who don't vote, um, we fail to acknowledge that they have seen very little changes in their lives, whether it has been Bush or Clinton or Obama or Trump, um, that it has not trickled down to the those of us who are really main focus is surviving. So um, where I am, I'm pumped and excited and, uh, you know, want to do everything I can as an activist to support and give voice to it. I think what the larger questions we need to focus on sometimes is how do we dismantle this system that even puts this in place? Why is Florida always an issue where they're are not counting every votes. Mm-hmm. Why why do we continue to have issues of voter suppression? Um, what do we do to dismantle that? Because it's gonna continue. Um so I, I, I know I just sound like a huge Debbie Downer. Like, no, you don't. Um that is I vote out of honestly, I feel at this point ancestral respect. Mm-hmm. Just because it bothers me to stay home knowing that somebody got lynched after voting. You know, there are people that got hung for tre- from trees or got stoned or set mm. on fire or mauled. You know, just all these horrific things just for trying to better themselves and their yeah. community. Like Same here. I mean, my father lived through the civil rights era. I mm-hmm. mean, when he moved to Los Angeles, he was walled up in his apartment during the Watts riots. I lived through Rodney King. My kids are living through um, Baltimore and Ferguson. But I think, um, I still think that comes with with privilege. I think Mm -hmm. that comes with privilege with being able to say, this is my responsibility to do this. And I know who I owe this responsibility to, as opposed to a person who's just trying to eat. Right. Who's trying to, you know, stay out of jail for the same crimes that white people commit and don't see any time for, who are trying to live and survive in a system that is designed to oppress them and keep them from finding any sort of success. So I think it's... um, obligatory of us to hold those mantles and to continue to um, find ways to progress it. And voting isn't enough. I think um, more of us have to run. I think that's the only way we change it. That you actually are bringing up my next point then, because one thing also that I saw, which gave me encouragement was not only was this an election of where I saw a lot of local changes, like aldermen were being switched Mm -hmm. out and house representatives and the Senate and you know, controllers, everybody for the most part was just like, we've had enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's more than just saying you're tired. You clearly aren't that tired if you're not willing to do something about it. Now, me personally, I, it's not a matter of like, oh, well, I never looked at myself as a politician. I truly don't think that my form of activism or revolt, I should say, this systematic oppression would be best served as a politician Mm -hmm. because I do not know how to play the game. (laughs) <laughs> somebody, I would lose so miserably. Oh, somebody would have found a tax return from when I was in college and uh, didn't know what I was find doing. Nudes from 2003 exactly. and, and it would be all over And I'd be like, is this socialist who mm-hmm. you want? Like, see, and I'd be to all jack somebody up in a debate. I don't have that bandwidth. But I saw so many young people running and winning yeah. their elections. Um, I forgot his name, but there's a young white man who in 2013, no, Correction, 2011, I think his name was Brian Evans. I don't know why that's that's what I'm hearing. Um, he gave a speech on the Senate floor about his two lesbian mother, or his two mothers. Mm-hmm. 
and they scoffed at him and whatever. And he just won his yep. house seat for his district. Yep. You know? <clears throat> um, the mother of the young man who was killed. Jordan Davis' mother. Yes. She just won hers. So I think learning your lane and walking your purpose, mm-hmm. what we have to do first, because that's where we're empowered. Um, and then if... You know, it's not your calling to run, finding ways you can support people who are. Exactly. Um, but I think that's, you know, the beautiful burden of people of color is that we do not have an option not to find a way for involvement. Um, we have to be present for those who can't be, who those for those who don't know how to be. Um, we have to find ways in our life. How, how are we advancing each other? Right. Um, and find a way to do that. It's authentic to what we do. So whether it is in corporate America, it is nonprofit, um, in media, um, we have to find that way because nobody else is going to do it for us. They really are. It's really not. And when we speak about like the great divide or to America's election time, I find always like really just throws that into the forefront because I can't remember the last time there was an election where there wasn't some sort of scandal in some state. Like (laughs) even when it came to North Dakota, the fact that they were allowing native tribesmen to vote. But the problem is you have to have a physical address, Mm -hmm. but you get, but there's books on on the law that say like, well, native Americans get PO boxes, but that's, just like that's that's a whole nother like do you know that if a white man goes onto or any man for that matter goes onto a reservation and rapes a native american on the reservation that the native american council cannot prosecute them right it's just like i'm sorry what how does that work so i have to ask you for permission from the american government for you all to decide So we, we've always been divided. This nation is built on oppression, on genocide, on slavery, on murder, on um, just blood and mm-hmm. tears and every dehumanizing thing we can think of. We've never been united. We've never been. So it's, it's, a, it's a fallacy to say, oh, there's such a great divide. No, it has always been there. Um, t- Trump has definitely emboldened people to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, to be comfortable in yeah, it. Yeah, but he is the living, breathing embodiment of America, of our education, right? of what we value, which is a, a cis, Christian, wealthy, white male, um, heterosexual, um, how we eat. Just look at him. That, that, that's who we are in, in every way up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to stop acting like, you know, we're trying to get back to a better time. There's mm-hmm. never been a better time. There have been men before that maybe tried to fake it a little bit or tried to be helpful. Yeah. But you're correct. I, I truly believe we are given the presidents we deserve. And the fact of the matter is you may, I cannot stand what he represents. I totally see all the sim- the similarities between uh nazi germany 1933 mm-hmm. like when it comes i hate when people make the statement like if we're not care we're already there we're already he's there. already attacking freedom of press we got babies in cages right like we're like we're Jim here Costa sis did, mm-hmm. like can't c- come in the white house anymore cnn is is silence exactly. like every black journalist i mean he he just loves picking on april um Calling we, this woman dumb on national television, but then saying how the four, the huge fire, forest fires that are happening in California, horrible forest mismanagement, forest mismanagement, what, what does that even mean? Forest mismanagement. Which is directly under him, that the, 
the manager. Like you're repealing. That's your branch of government. Like you're the one that has to present the bills for conservation and everything. We have elected an average American who is woefully ignorant on how our judicial system works, how our government works, the um, processes, how law laws work, how um, international relationships work. We've elected the most American president I think we've ever had. Mm -hmm. There he is. That's us. I have said this before and I'll say it again. When it comes down to the description of this country, like James Baldwin, I get to criticize America because I am here. Yep. I live it. I breathe it. It's the only thing I know. So, it's mine. I mean, I... I, I so if I want to call America, whatever, I can. But my, my Mexican heritage was here before. <laughs> like, you've been... You're like, this since my, I've this been is rolling my around stuff. in this dirt. <laughs> this is mine. I, I was here... My my African ancestors bled on it to create mm-hmm. it. I was here. My white ancestors stole to make it. This is as mine as it's going to get. And I can talk mad shit about it because it's mine. Exactly. It's mine. For the hood, it's mine's. <laughs> and the thing is, um, America reminds me of, you know, that stereotypical teenage movie we've all seen where it's like, the girl, she's the head cheerleader. She's president of the chat club. She's super popular. She's, oh my God, everyone loves Claire. And it's like, she's banging the entire football team. Mm-hmm. Like, the apex of hypocrisy. Yeah, and that yeah. is our country. And it's it's sad and it's heartbreaking because we see so many marginalized groups just slapped around every which way. But this is our lot. Unless we actively start to do something. So I'm super happy to see that. But even you bring up not knowing the different branches of government. Even when it came to this, I was, I made the point. We can be happy. Let's not get caught up on the first, right? Yeah, and a long way to go. Why I say the first is because if you still don't understand what this means in the grant, like what what is the House of Representatives in conjunction to the Senate? Mm-hmm. How do they work in conjunction to the president? What branch of government is Congress even? And these are basic things that I know for a fact. A lot of us still don't even know. They're like, huh? Right, like. What you mean? We, 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 Obama was there. Why did he fix everything? What? Because he, he lost the house in the second and then that was it. Oh, y'all don't know. And then they crushed everything. He was able to executive order some things, but that is a temporary fix because Mm -hmm. as soon as he leaves office... As we're seeing now, everything is being dismantled. And reversed and repealed. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing where I'm like, I am very happy for the strides and I love to see this is the most amount of women that we voted into office. This is the LGBTQ plus community was involved. Like, I love that. But that still does not mean we are out of the woods. No, we have a long way to go. And even on the the issue of women, like... Really? This is what we're doing? (laughs) I've got questions on on women's agendas. Because 53% of white women... Aren't oh, thinking no, about me. I, I have even better numbers. Seventy, it's it's going higher. Seventy one percent weren't thinking about Andrew Gillum. <laughs> like, and the divide is even greater now. So yeah. my thing is this: for whenever I have like white allies, they're like, but I'm voting. Here's the thing. Let me tell you how math works. You may not be voting for Trump or his constituents, but you know everyone who is. So you're not trying hard enough. I'm gonna lean in. I don't believe them. <laughs> okay. 
that the math doesn't add up to me. So one of the pieces I did that went super viral was about um, the women's march and the pink pussy hats. You can't tell me that some of you marching with your little pink pussy hats, walking around with your fists in the air, aren't some of that 53 and now what, 70-something percent? Mm -hmm. It doesn't add up to me. doesn't add up to me. Because what I know is that your proximity to white supremacy is more valuable to you than righteousness. Mm -hmm. It covers you. The same way blacks men, um, their, their proximity to white supremacy and how they treat black women... And their toxicity, that male privilege covers them. And that male privilege is it comes directly from white supremacy mm-hmm. and white male-centeredness. So un- until you are ready to give up some of those privileges and really stand next to me, like I have questions. I, I, don't, I don't believe you. And you can hang with me all you want to. We can have these great conversations all you want to. Um, but... I don't need to have those conversations with you. You need to be having those conversations with your coworkers, your family, your sisters, your aunts, your kids, your husbands. Those are the hard conversations you need to be having. Right. You don't need to placate me. I don't give a damn about your your fight for equality. I want equity. Because equality is just like, oh, well, you know, we are the same. Equity is truly like, let me do what I need to do to make sure that we have the same playing field. So that privilege walk doesn't start off where you are still at the back of the road while I've just been dancing all up and through the lines because I had came from a two-parent household. I had private schooling. I had a great PWI education, whatever, you know? And those are the things that it's just like, who child the ghetto? Like, when do we get our exhalation? Um, but moving along, though, to something a little bit lighter and happier. Oh, happy. Yes. yes. Gabrielle Union and oh. Dwayne Wade... <laughs> Dewanye, but Dwayne Wade had their baby. And the only reason I'm saying that he knows his name is not spelled Dwayne. But I'm going to leave him alone just because. He's going to focus on Gabby. <laughs> it's just for all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, Lord. But they had their little girl. Mary Jane has her happy ending. And I'm very happy yeah. for her. Um, do you follow her? Are you a fan of I her? do. Okay. I do. And I was elated. And it's so funny you bring that up because, oh, women, we have so far to go. I saw there was a, a woman I know. Oh, God, don't um, <laughs> So she posed the question. She was like, why is Gabrielle in hospital scrubs when she didn't give birth to the baby? Why do you care? Why do you care? Why do we care? Why are we looking for something like that? Mm-hmm. Why Why do we have to do this whole thing of finding some superiority against someone else? I just want to fight people. I will say this in complete transparency. I was talking to my cousin Jasmine, and I asked the same thing, but it was in the morning, and I was confused. So it wasn't me trying to be shady to Gabrielle. Oh, hers was shade. Oh, okay. Mine was like... Wait, was this a sir? What happened? Because I was literally going in my head, like, go through her IG. Like, she wasn't pregnant, was she? But I understood the concept of skin-to-skin contact. So then I was like, oh, duh. That makes sense. Like, that's a fresh baby. And if she's she was not in the hospital during the birth, they're going right. to be in clean gowns. She's like, not going to be in designer clothes. Like, and if she was, guess what? She can. We would have been child. talking mess, too. Well, True. How's she going to go to the hospital in full makeup to see her baby and some other woman gave birth to her baby? I know women that have given birth in full makeup. Like, what? 
Live your license. You were not. You were not. You were not going to have pictures of me without some mascara. (laughs) My hair was done. Listen, (laughs) um, I'm thrilled for her, and I'm happy for her, and I'm I'm proud of her transparency, and then most recently Michelle Obama's transparency about the issues about of of pregnancy and IVF because it's a larger conversation that women of color we we don't talk about Mm -mm. um, reproductive health. Um, because we have not been allowed we to have be a in high that space. Rate of fibroids, like it's diff. Number one, even if you are healthy, it might seem like it's easy to get pregnant. It's not. No. You have to have the perfect conditions, like internal to everything, like. And that's with you being in optimum health. You mm-hmm. can have predisposed genetic issues that you're completely unaware of until you and your mate yeah. are actively trying to have children. Well, I think because it, it touches upon sex and black women are not supposed to talk about sex. And I'm going to say something. And this is, I don't, there may be heads sh- a shaking. It's all the black church's fault. Uh, uh, all Burtnick of it. commented on sex. He said, and this is a white preacher from, I think he's his congregations in Houston, but he's super popular, like John Gray type popular. He said the, I saw this video this morning. I kid you not. He was saying the same thing. He was like, church has made sex bad. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we talk about it like it's something dirty. He was like, no, no, the parameters is the conversation yeah. we need so to have. So because we can't talk about sex, we can't talk about all of the parts mm-hmm. that go along with sex without it being shameful. And then because without wanting to say it out loud, our value of women is sexual. So when women have problems doing the womanly thing, which is having children, because that's, I guess, all we're here for, right. then there's shame associated with that. So then we can't talk about it to one another. We don't talk about it with our daughters, with our mother, but it all relates and it all goes back to, you know, male-centeredness. And unfortunately, it is so pervasive in the church and in you know, I can speak to the black church. Um, right. It's there. It is. It is. It's there. It's it's why we don't have women as elders, why we don't have women leading churches, um, why there are these very oppressive ideas about how we should dress and speak and act when we're entering church. Um and so we can't even get the past. She exactly. She doesn't have on pantyhose. She's a harlot. We can't even get to the point oh, of the talking about I've something been else. Been a hoe in church listen. my whole life, then, because I hate to listen, hate listen Linda. If, if that is the threshold, then listen, I've been on Linda. my Jezebel shit for quite some time. Like, I will my- flame up when I go in. If, <laughs> okay. If that's <laughs> the rest, all the rules. If that's the law, and, and oh, definitely, girl. you know. Churches have different gradients of it, right? Um, and uh, but it—that is where it centers because that is our rock. That's been our rock. Mm-hmm. How we have gotten through and above and beyond every hardship is what binds us. Is where we find succor and peace. It is in the church, and so the church has been woefully absent about talking about sex and women's issues, and that carries on into our home and our relationships. It definitely does. And even when it came down to Gabrielle Union, you know, and number one, I will say this. When I, watching her grow up as a little girl, like, I didn't like her because I felt like she was the embodiment of the characters that she Mm -hmm. played. But when she confessed to that, I was like, I I had a feel like you were Mm -hmm. playing this. I'm like, why are you so bitchy, you know? 
But when she confessed that, and I've seen her growth and how she has matured, and now she's, like, one of my favorite public figures. Like, I truly live for her in the sense of, like, just be happy and live your life, you know? Um, And she even seems different. Like, she seems like she's finally enjoying that the space that she has and the life that she has. Um, but I think it's, it's heartbreaking that still we live in a world where our worth is dictated on if we are bare feet and pregnant or if we are married or I can do everything, find a cure to cancer, do everything. Oh, but where's her man? But where's the kids? And it's like, what if that's not? It's so much to unpack. I was married. I was married for 11 years. Um, it, uh, I have three beautiful kids. My kids are 18, 15, and 10. Um, but it was an abusive relationship. And um, coming out of it and processing that, it's been almost nine years. And I, I just now, and as empowered and liberal and open-minded as I am, I just now came to the realization I don't necessarily want to be married again. And the reasons why I was thinking of being married again weren't good reasons. You know, like, I'm perfectly fine with how my life is structured, Mm -hmm. being the head of my own household, making those decisions, seeing the fruits of my labor in my children, in my job, in the things that I do. I don't need to be married to feel valid. Um, and there's no shame in saying I'm a single mom. Like, and I don't have to, oh, and I was married though, but all my kids have, I had the same baby daddy and you, but it's framed like that mm-hmm. so much. This, this, this pressure that these are the things that make you feel, um, valid. And I remember being young and being married and feeling, you know, a tad bit superior, like I'm married. Then nobody wants you. I my kids see- got the same daddy, mm-hmm. you know? I'm turning 30 and it's not anything. I don't feel like an old shoe or like, let me tell you something. I'm popping. My life is together and I got my grandma's cheekbones. I'm good, sis. Okay. But I think the thing for me was at one point I would, I did have to accept like that slight insecurity of just like, is it me? Like what's going on here? But now just really being more happy in my journey and recognizing Mm -hmm. like, if that's what my life is going to be, that's great. If that's not what it is, that's fine as well. But I'm not going to, when you search for something, you will find it. Yeah. And you will find sometimes the illusion of what you thought you wanted. And it won't necessarily even be worth the stress and the headache anyway, you know? So if I'm meant to be married, cool. And yes, I would like to be, I would love to have like, you know, a family in that aspect, but I'm, as a single woman now looking at it, I'm not about to sit here and risk my peace of mind just so I can have the image of something that looks shiny. No. And I know I come with so many more parts to me that if somebody wants to do this with me to have a real partnership, mm-hmm. to be married legally, take on all these things, you have got to be some dynamic dude. And when I see you, I will know. But if that never happens, I'm really Okay, I'm dynamic on my own. Phenomenal woman. Thank you. And that's the thing, like, Gabrielle Union, super, I think the thing for me more so was like, oh, that was a great secret. I'm like, wait, what? Like, what is going on? But even with that, I appreciate, you don't have to let everyone know Mm -hmm. your business. You can even be a public figure and guess what? Still be private. And I struggle with that because I am an oversharer. So here's the thing, and we'll even get into that, like, as it's someone who has viewed you, right? Like in the terms of like an audience member, you have never seemed like an overshare to me in the sense of 
when it at least comes off like you're just like being attention seeking. I think thank you. I think you have a transparency or your delivery is done in a way where it's like that's just truly your personality. I don't know how to turn it off. I don't know how to to step away from it. But that's a part that's a part of you as a person, that's a part of you as your brand. Like that is Leslie. So I don't think that's anything that's like annoying, right? But there we all see the people where it's just like every day you've had a breakthrough, every day, you know, the sky has fallen on your head. Like it's always something and it's just like, Ooh, child, their energy is coming through this status and I cannot like saging you. Right. I'm saging my computer. Like Mm -hmm. I got enough stuff going on. So you don't come off that way, but <laughs> you're welcome. But even with that, when it comes to fame and the concept of it, and I don't know if it's a generational thing or not, but it drives me nuts when I hear people that are just like, oh, well, this is the price of fame. You make your fame what you want it mm-hmm. to be. Because Kim Kardashian, Beyonce, very famous women within a stone's throw of each other in terms of their own individual net worth. Like, yes, as a married couple, Beyonce is a billion dollar brand, mm-hmm. but on her own, I think like, and this is totally skewed, like maybe $350 million, $400 million is her net worth. Richer than God. Like she got coins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she's been famous for all this time. And she lets you know what she wants you to know. All we know Jay-Z could have cheated up, like, yeah, whenever. We will never know the date, the time, what the actual quantity, you know, is. To quote uh, a very um, brilliant, brilliant internet um, mind, um, we don't know because it's none of our business. It's none of our business. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, it, that's it's really not. what it comes down mm-hmm. to. So I think that's the difference, though. When you've made your brand... In the sense of, oh, I just, I can't have time to myself. That's because you haven't demanded that time mm-hmm. for yourself. And you've made it where you you are dropping the hints to TMZ and to people and to Daily Mail and all these other, of course. And so, because I don't, I don't, so I don't, like, give credence to those. I'm like, that's manipulative and do you. Like, I know this is going to be controversial. I don't dislike him. She is problematic, but she has created generational wealth for her family with her vagina gone Kim your booty looks weird you look like you know the letter P it's very strange I thought the worm for men in black oh that's good she does and I mean I'm not gonna again not stealing intellectual property I found that on Instagram and agreed years ago but yeah touch and agree but you know she works very hard at what she does like I I can't I can't even quantify it like it's just It's not for me. I think she is a representation of what fame of this generation of this society is. I think not her so much. I think the the little sister, the littlest sister. Yeah, her. So even with... I don't like her. Really? She makes my booty itch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I have not heard that in years. You know the one that gets on my nerve the most? I can't stand uh, Courtney. Uh, mm, yeah, Courtney think. L- listen, this is this is how the black intellect mind has many facets. We're about to go down a, a black hole I'm of frivolousness. I'll yes, be I am too. Um, I believe because I watch the show. I I, <laughs> okay. I believe Courtney feels that she's better than everybody yes. else because she has not succumbed. Yes, like Chloe used to be my boo. <gasps> 
What? what I thought it was just she was truly my favorite. That damn Lamar. Because she See? was checking them left and right. That like da- that the wrong man. You choose the wrong man and you have to fight to get your life back. To get your spirit man. back. And but- then she did the booty. And here's another and I'm a thick woman and I love my thickness. It's taken me forty two years to get to the point where you I'm You are like, not forty two. You are babe? a Honey, black don't crack and beige a don't age. Melanin lie. You are 42, not 42. 40, I will be 42 on November 27th. I accept all Almost presents. Almost stuff. I'm like, wait, no, we are not all the same gifts, age. Like, lunch, bourbon. You are more than welcome to share them all with you. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to my 20th um, homecoming at the illustrious Xavier University oh, this week coming sure. up. You got to get a bomb ass rap dress with the girl sitting Good. high and then a do nice. It. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'm here. I'm here for it. Ooh. I'm here because I have no idea I what st- I'm wearing. I was, I was in college. That's how I like, got through college. Oh, let me do this. As we digress. Yes. I was like, yes, Leslie. <laughs> but yeah, that, that Chloe, that Chloe. And then she got the, the nose. And I was like, you. why didn't you leave your black nose on there? It was your one Link to, to OJ. That's how we knew. I personally look hurt at... my heart. <laughs> we I, lost her. We lost her. It's yeah, all, she is. All that drug dude's fault. She's floating in silicone and swimming in insecurity right now. But <sighs> I think um, there's this though. famous British painter who who he revolutionized the the gallery scene based on the fact how up until he came along, everyone was painting like piano lessons or things with things and his paintings were just beautiful like it didn't have a point to it he would paint like scenes of the thames river like it wasn't anything that was based in like a lesson to be learned Mm -hmm. and that's when the theme came from art for art's sake the fact of the matter is kim kardashian represents fame for fame or she's Mm -hmm. famous for famous sake like everything that she's accomplished afterward yes has had she has a fashion line or she has endorsements she is an incredible business woman she works right she's not lazy you cannot say Mm -mm. that this woman you don't lazily get to 350 million dollars i don't care if you like her or not she's not but what i also look at her as is the fact that her origin is still from a place of no talent it was infamy that's Mm -hmm. the difference others are known for She's a singer. She's a dancer. She's you know who has actor. a talent and we do not give enough props to? Chris Jenner. Chris motherfucking Jenner. When that she act, is the Svengali. I applied she, to be the assistant because I'm like, look, bitch, my life will change. Listen, <laughs> like, Linda. Listen, I Linda. I was read to sell my soul for that day. Chris is goals. Chris, I, I look and I look at the lessons. Now, there are some things that, you know, you don't want to take from her, like the ostracization of... Poor little Rob. Yeah, but I don't even know same, how we got here, but this is a good conversation. It is. Poor little Rob. Poor Rob. I look at Rob Kardashian, and I think he definitely was lost, the most mm-hmm. lost out of all of them. But I'm happy to see that he has taken the stance of, I do not have to be involved in y'all type of crazy. Apparently, he didn't lost weight, got himself together. Yeah. And he has no desire to get back on the show. Protect your peace. Well, that's great that he has no desire because there's no place for him on it. Really? There's no place for I don't, him I on don't it. Wa- I, <laughs> I don't watch there's no the, place. Sh- the show. There's like no that. place for him on it. Um, he he is the forgotten Kardashian, and yet he's the only one that will give his legacy of the name on 
to somebody else. I feel, I just want to hug Rob. Like, oh, and then you was with Black China. That was a low I'm place, not because of me judging appetite. her as a, whim, a woman. It was a little because of what that, for me, if you can get with someone who is already, I don't even, I can't even do the it's flow so chart. Complicated. Like it's, it is so complicated. Like, honestly, if they did not have money, they are every hood couple, family on the block that's like, we sharing baby mom like just craziness like what is happening right now my head hurts um but that is now the epitome of what people look to and model themselves after now and that's the thing like and secretly i want somebody to come do my makeup every day too i just want to get to the point in my house where there's a reason for a hairstylist chair to be in my home i don't need the full setup but there's a reason because i get it done so much in my house that I need a permanent station. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Have you even seen, like, everyone who's around that? You know the person who I've always wanted to be out that scenario? I've always wanted to be Jordan. Come through. I don't need to be, because all the residuals. The makeup artists for the Kardashians pull in 500,000 followers, and they all look weirdly alike. I'm like, are y'all... Me personally, I wouldn't share my plastic surgeon because then everyone's going to look like mm-hmm. me. Because mm-hmm. there's been moments when I've been like drunk or like looking too quick and I've confused Larsa Pippen for Kim. And I've been like, there's wait, no, I'm that. looking at the wrong one. There's truth in that. I, I don't know. So even said weighing into that then, Scotty and her are officially calling it quits. I don't care at all. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting the place that the only point I want to make to this story is how people like actually now write, like really write into TMZ. Like, however, I can say this about as much as I don't like TMZ, they are always accurate. So if TMZ reports something, they are always, they ain't never lie. When have they ever lied? I feel like TMZ. We've never got fake news from TMZ. TMZ is the modern day head of Harper. Boom. And that's what people like. It's changed to me. It's like apparently in old Hollywood, if if Hedda Harper put you in her paper, your career was fucking over. Yep. Like it was curtains, or she she truly could make you or break you. Mm-hmm. Um, because they they get all they get everything. What I need TMZ to do is start covering the White House. Can they be on can, the Mueller investigation? We got the listen, wrong people. Like, get TMZ to do with the dreads. What's, I forget his name. Uh, his Harvey's right hand. Mm-hmm. Get Van on the K. Van would be outside every day. If he lying. Because he, he right here. Right here. This right. is the video of the woman peeing on Trump in Russia. Can't, Rocky's we, hood ass would be sitting there with a, with a scarf on, standing in front of the Oval Office. We got all the footage. But what I believe, full circle, is even if we had that. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. People are actually, twi- case in point, even when it comes to the recount, people are twisting the fact that the recount is a part of the, demo- the democratic process to make it seem like the, the, they're just sore losers. It's, a, it's rigged. They're trying to take away the people have spoken. Not all no. of the people. White people have spoken. Mm-hmm. Because the majority of the counties that are coming back, you know, in Val and everything, are predominantly black and brown. We had counties that um, their voting machines did not have uh, cords right. to, to plug in. We had, I saw a tweet of some woman who found um, ballots in these Rubbermaid bins in a school, like, stored. Um, 
<sighs> Even when it came People. to the pre-approved addresses for absentee ballots that have now been coming back to like it was crazy how one of the the house reps tweeted this it was just like uh andrew sir i voted for you georgia or um was it andrew state no it was in florida he's like i voted for you so if you all can explain to me why my absentee ballot came back when it's the pre-approved address y'all gave me to vote. Like, what are you talking about? And we need more people to say that. Mm-hmm. But there's not going to be more people to say that because the majority of people here. And they're too concerned with how did Chloe get through Tristan cheating on her in, in feral Cleveland. How did she survive? Because that, By that's, checking that's, her yeah. Chase account. That's how she survived. All day long. I can go back to Kobe and Vanessa. Why is Kobe still with them? Because he's Kobe. This man helicopters for Chick-fil-A because he doesn't like L.A. traffic. What Like, he's been rich since he was 17. He's been famous before then because he was a high school preteen phenom. Proximity to power will always shade people. Now, I mean, I don't know their relationship. Maybe they came to a place where they, you know, lovingly found some restoration. Right. I think they're there now. Um, yeah, listen. it it. We could go on for days. We could. Like, we could. Joy has questions all the time. But that, for me, is wrapping up. So, according to IG, we are getting right into it. Oh, let's so, get it. Oh, I have let's a question. Oh, give me the question. Yes, and... First and foremost, like... Embrace myself. Oh, no, no. We ain't gonna ask nothing crazy. Oh, I like crazy, though, but... Hey. Well, hold up. Well, let's see where I we go. I am open. I am open. No limits. <laughs> okay. Um, But first and foremost, so, like, just a little background for everybody listening. Like, are you born and raised Chicagoan? Like, what's the backstory? How did you come into the physical oh, world looking me, like you 20? Let me get Leo voice on. Ooh. Mm. Um, my name is Leslie. <laughs> Honore. Um, I'm not an original Chicagoan, uh-huh. born in Los Angeles, um, didn't leave there until after college. Um, my father is black from New Orleans. My mom is Mexican from Mexico. She immigrated when she was 15. Um, I attended Xavier University. And yes, XU. I'm a proud HBCU, HBCU. all day long alum. Um, I moved to Chicago in 99. I lived a year in Indianapolis after graduation hated Indianapolis you can smell the KKK fires of flaming and I just it is it's something in the water like it's the type of area you just like walk into the city goes like who's the grand wizard of the area yes, like who's the great really drag? like I know I know your your robes are in the back <laughs> um and a lot of people of color who live there I oh something in the corn it just it hurts me so I'd come to Chicago on the weekends to perform poetry um, and fell in love with Chicago, fell in love with the artists here, um, got married, had kids, um, kept the kids, did not keep the husband, thankfully, but kept Chicago. Um, so I am 20 years Chicagoan. Um, oh, you're I here, love girl, this. You this is, this is, <laughs> like, this is my city. I had an epiphany. I was home in LA for Christmas last year and I, you know, had this realization. I was like, this isn't home. Chicago is home. Chicago is where my support system is, mm-hmm. where my girlfriends who are sisters are, um, where I've raised my kids. Chicago is what I believe in. It's what I fight for. It's what I love. This is my city, and I, I love every bit of it, especially 
the dirty, grimy parts. I think because yeah. I've always lived in what people could hood, um, mainly because I would work in social services that doesn't pay shit. So I could still be available for my kids as a single mom. Um, so where I could afford to live was the South side. And I knew the difference between my success and my kids' success and my neighbors was one education and access to resources. Mm -hmm. So I've tried to position myself that I was always working to help other people get access to those resources and stand in the gaps for that. And so that's definitely how my professional life has unfolded. Um, It's what I'm passionate about. Um, So that's, that's how I, I, Got here to Chicago. Um, we talked earlier. I'm the executive director of the Clio Center, um, which is my dream job. So, um, Just describe the Clio Center a little bit, yeah. yeah so the mm-hmm. Clio Center was founded 11 years ago. Our founder, Tori Barrett, lost his sister, Cleo Barrett, due to domestic violence. So he created the center initially to help women with domestic violence. In the 11 years, we've become a pillar in the Washington Park community. And what we do now is um, youth safety and violence prevention programming for for youth, and a lot of it, we do it um, art-centered, so using art as a way for our kids to process trauma and remove the stigma of mental illness, of PTSD, of what our kids live in being black and brown youth in the city and having to navigate their way through it. Um, so as a writer, um, I'm in heaven. Um, a part of the Chicago arts community, being able to make opportunities for friends um, and who are family. Mm-hmm. So my best friend, David Anthony Geary, who did the cover of my book, Fist and Fire, um, he recently redid our mural, which is glorious and a tribute to Cleo. Um, just being able to have different artists come by and work with the kids during the summer. We had arts programs where our kids could learn about black artists in the city, living black artists, um, go to um, black owned gallery, connect gallery, which is in Hyde park. Um, and then they were able to um, volunteer at the silver room on um, block party. So just building community and helping them see reflections of themselves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful thing of it. I think a lot of times Chicago does it for as much as we love this city, you know, it, it can't eat its own, you know? So it's like, what are we doing? What are the steps that we're taking to make sure that whether you come from the humblest or the most traumatic of beginnings, you have that fire inside of you or that spark to know that you can make it out mm-hmm. or that you can overcome your present to actually build for a future. Because that we've seen that story, like Gwendolyn Brooks said, it's the repair. We real cool. Like it's the same story all over, Absolutely. you know, like, if you don't have the resources, if you don't have that support system, you will be just, you know, straggling in the wind. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's very beautiful. The fact that you see the importance of why you have to be here in the city. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to your art, though, and your love of poetry, where did that stem from? Like, not everyone can just, you know, drop a hot 16 worth of like, because I be sitting there like, you. oh, my God, that just moved me you ready to have me this deaf poetry dram moment so (laughs) how did you get into expressing yourself thing um poetry is something I always have done um as far back as I can remember um when I got into high school I had some teachers who were like you're you're good at this like you should pursue this um and then when I got to Xavier um I had some professors who were like no you you this is you This is what you need to focus on. So um, that was in the mid-90s, before Love Jones. Um, I was editor of our student literary journal, New Voices. I got to do a lot of really great things for um, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. 
um, Jazz Fest with Dave Matthews. Like it was right when poetry really started to get like the respect, the respect that you know being a griot. When we remove um, white supremacy and white centeredness from how we express ourselves, how we tell our history, um, we look across cultures and how we did it was through the arts and, and how we did it through word, spoken word. Yeah. That's how we told our stories. And every in every other in every place that's ever been colonized, that's what we did before that. Um, so it's just always something that I've done. Um, and then I took uh, I came to Chicago. Worked with a group called Poetry. Um, my good friend, Brother Mike, who um, passed away, and we're coming up on his anniversary, who um, basically built U Media. Um, I just loved it. I'd come here every weekend, mm-hmm. um, go to Rituals, which is the spot that they um, pretty much designed all of Love Jones right. after. My um, friend was in that movie. He played the son. Oh, dope. <laughs> yeah, so. I got it over here. Like, fellow artists like all of my friends were like Malik Youssef Jay Ivy Mm -hmm. Reggie that was that was my crew Issa Star Rhythm um poets uh and then I got married and I started having kids and as the relationship became more verbally um and emotionally abusive I there was a lull where I I couldn't write I didn't I didn't know how to tap into it anymore do you think the connection, because case in point, like I, I find like when I'm writing, that's literally me putting my voice to paper. Do you think that was truly the connection of in the stress of that trauma, what you were going through, you were Absolutely. losing your voice. So how could Absolutely. you write? Okay. For a decade, my voice was not my voice. My voice was my kids mm-hmm. making sure that they were safe um, and trying to find a way out and um, not knowing how to, you know, navigate the shame of it. Um, you know, not really having people stand that um, domestic violence and abuse is not always physical, um, that it, it begins with uh, emotional abuse and, um, you know, that debilitatingness of, of keeping you sequestered and alone. Uh, and I'm not a Chicago native, so I didn't have family here. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of that, I couldn't tap into that. Uh, and then... He left and it was the best gift that he's ever given me other than my children. And it was a flood. It was a flood of relearning who I was and being very intentional about how I wanted to define my mother um, and as a woman. And I started to go back out and I was a little bit older than the young people who were at the open mics. Um, and I just started to get back into that and remembering I'm not a spoken word artist. I, I studied this. Um, so what I do is... Like when I read from my book, it's a reading. It's not, um, I'm not jumping on anybody's table and dancing. I rarely memorize anything because it's just, it's too much. Um, and then about three years ago, um, Tyshawn Lee was murdered. Mm. And I wrote a little something about it and I put it on my Facebook page. And my girlfriend, Sharonda Lewis, was like, hey, you should make that public. Like, this is really good. And I was like, oh. Okay. Um, and the next morning I woke up and it had been shared a couple of thousand times. And then it got to like to 13,000 shares. And yeah. I was just like, how? Why? <laughs> wow. Wow. And then that I just kept with that. And so my Facebook page, you know, it's a place that I share about my kids and my own thoughts and funny stories or whatever. But it really turned into me just writing and 
writing my thoughts about what was happening currently. Um, and it typically happens really quickly. Um, and oh, I was heated with the the Halloween post. I'm like this raggedy old (sighs) heifer, like how, and all the God in me has stopped me from going back over there. Dare you ask that little girl if she was a prostitute. So like, what background, y'all. Sorry. I'm like. I'm, background. Uh, my daughter was Beyonce at Coachella, very specifically for Halloween. We we love Beyonce. We we worship at the altar of Beyonce. Let it rain on me, the success. Okay. Um, she was, I mean, we've done a lot of Beyonce. We did a video of her um, doing Beyonce's song when she's coming out with the yellow dress. So we did a whole video of it because she was Beyonce for Heroes Day at school. Um, As she should be. We, we've had several iterations of Beyonce. Um, and specifically because my daughter is reached way back into the ancestral um, rape lineage and pulled out some Sandy Brown hair. So she just feels very Beyonce. I have channeled these curls. It is the, it was the same rich. Auburn. <laughs> like. It was a rich back. Um, so we were trick-or-treating, and we always go to 57th and Harper because they do awesome stuff, and I've been going there since probably 2005 with my kids. And got to the a house that was a couple blocks after that, going back to the car, and we walked up with her friends, and she was talking, and I'm listening. I'm standing at the, the stairs, and she was like, and what are you, a prostitute? My daughter's 10, and she was like, what? Um, and then she clarifies, you know, a lady of the night? And I'm like, baby, come on, just come on. And so I was shaking by the time we got to the second house. And then some people came behind me and they were like, did she say something crazy to you too? And I was like, yeah. So she say something to you. They were like black family. She was like, yeah, they asked us if she asked us if we were representing poverty. I'm like, you're about to be representing a neck brace if you keep going. So the, the pressure of being a, a, a single parent and a child in college is what stopped me from grabbing her face that night but it did let me take a little picture. So, um, I will be your worst trick and you will never have a treat again. If you talk to my kids, like understand, I know her first and last name. I know her husband. He's a, a, a professor emeritus from university of Chicago. Oh God. I know, okay, we're I done. know the, the, the boards you sit on. Listen, the internet we're will done. tell you a lot. It will tell you a lot. No, she did not like that. That is Good, good white And this is what happens when we get this pseudo liberalism. So we're in Hyde Park and we we're are surrounded in- by it. Yes. So we're all good and gravy until we have to fight for resources. And then it's another whole nother conversation. Um, so I eventually, you know, would got some inboxes and I got some inboxes from people who know people who know her. And they're like, well, she's just socially awkward. No, that's not no, social awkwardness. That's not, that's, that is biasness. That is what that you stereotype pulling from all the stereotypes but to project that onto a child and you not having the clearly you have no decency because i'm like you wouldn't say that to an adult why would you say that to a baby you know especially on a night that whether you're super christian prayed up maybe you don't celebrate Halloween, ooh, whatever but I'm like it's can't like, i had some black woman that came on my page talking about what well, maybe you shouldn't celebrate pagan holidays maybe you should mind your business um we I, like it, dressing up i enjoy the candy i pilfer from my children's bags so let me tell mind you your this. business whenever someone wants to bring up to me like people pick and choose which part of the good book they want to pull from 
So that means you're going to stop eating hog moths. You're going to let go of pork ribs. You're going to stop eating bacon. Why are you, you celebrating Christmas? You that ain't even his birthday. Exactly. I think he was born that in September. That means no catfish, sis. Um, your food mm-hmm. options are now restricted. And I know for a fact you ain't going to stop popping them down uh, catfish nuggets from Red Snapper. Because they are good. Exactly. So it's like a sin Don't. is a sin. Like... If you're breaking the Sabbath by doing, you know, eating all these unhealthy, you know, pagan foods or foods of the nations, then don't sit here and talk to me if I want my kid to watch Nightmare Before Christmas or Corpse Bride. Like, leave me alone. Because I'm going to sing Tim Burton to the top of my lungs. What's this? What's, What's the this? Like, huh? All day long. Like, it's This happening. is Halloween. This is Halloween. Boogie Man. Let me tell you something. Boogie Boogie. He was <laughs> that dude. Okay. okay. Look. So, um, and then we can definitely dip into the conversation. Well, what did your people believe before colonization? Cricket. Right. Um, so, cause I, I really love exploring, um, spirituality that is not contextualized by, um, Judo Christian beliefs because Judeo Christian beliefs were kind of forced. Now, if you want to believe that, that's fine, but I'm also going to do day of the dead. Um, which is just ancestor worship. Exactly. Uh, so is saints. All the saints in the Catholic church, that ain't nothing but ancestral Saint worship. Nicholas. I mean, Mary, St. Catherine Drexel, who founded my university is a saint. Right. Um, so yeah, I but I was proud of myself. Cause I, the restraint, I was really, really proud of myself. And also think of it this way. Like that's the beauty of living in the world that we live in. It's a matter of, people can definitely be held accountable for their views. Like not even being funny. I don't even think I say anything that is like polarizing or divisive or honestly, if it stings, it's still the truth. Like Mm -hmm. it's not me trying to do something to separate people. But I know for a fact, if there was somebody that didn't necessarily like my viewpoint and they thought it would be a conflict of my day job, like you cannot be doing something and someone can still bring that as a strike against you, let alone just flat out being racist. Yeah. On a platform that it lives forever now, mm-hmm. you know, when there's these kids saying there'll never be a nigger at MSC and they clapping their hands, it lives forever and ever and ever and ever. And sometimes I get a little, I get a pause when I'm writing something. I'm like, Ooh, should I press post on this? And I'm like, yep. Post. You have to just stand in your truth. And that's the thing, especially in the time frame that we live in, because complicity is what is going to be, the final nail in the coffin of these quote unquote freedoms that we, we need to maintain or with, you know, hold on to yeah. there's like, power in silence and inaction always for the oppressor. Always. Your quietness does nothing but help them. Mm-hmm. Like it never benefits, you know, the people that are actually struggling yep. and you're just happy that it's not you. Um, so let me know, sis, when you're ready to drop that gavel, I'll be like, so she lit not lives. I ain't going to do her like that. But like, her name is this. Think of that when you want to give her a caramel apple spice in, in Starbucks, okay? And, and here's the thing. I, I had somebody reach out to me like, let's write a letter officially and put it in the Hyde Park Herald and blast her that way. And then I got uber busy with work. And then I realized how minuscule it was because it didn't affect. I think if my daughter really understood, it would have been something different. Um, I don't, I don't they'd be like, oh, we can egg our house and how about a break? I don't, I don't want that gratification. I want larger gratification. Like I want um, the fact that she co-chaired the Tulip Fest for Hyde Park. I want her not to be asked back to do that. You know, just 
Little stuff like that. Like, and if you're socially awkward, why are you? Yeah. How does that work? Mm -mm. Because the thing is, I'm pretty sure you know how to behave yourself in that. You have the decorum there because you wouldn't sit on all these And that's what I told my friend. I was like, I, that is white people's excuse for, oh, she's just old. Ignore her. No, no. no. Because your racist grandpa is passing down that says dusting off the KKK hoodie to pass it down to Jimmy now. So I don't. And it That's keeps not an excuse. Like that. It, it is not. It, and it's an excuse we've we've tolerated. We've been polite. And always the burden is on the oppressed to make an excuse for why the oppressor is oppressing. No. no. I ain't no. forgetting shit. I don't have to. I'm not. And you mm-hmm. can feel a way about it. I don't care. Because here's another thing. When I get to see all these, you know, white people, oh, white women are smoking weed now and yo, Release all the black people who are in jail for it. We're the restorative justice packages. Fix, fix all of their their um, their um records so they can work. Like, do what Florida did. Make it so that the, the felons now can vote again. Let, yeah. Let's change yeah. these numbers and see who really is out here supporting and caring about you. So, oh, see, we did it again. I just get so frustrated, but... Moving back, though, into you and your amazingness. Thank you. Um, with all of the hats that you wear, you know, especially, like, not only do you have three children, but they're in, like, really key. I mean, every age, I guess, for a child is key. But, like, you have one child that's going into college. You have this other child that's, like, now transitioning from being a kid to a full-on teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your other little girl that she's steadily morphing into teenager The buds land. are there. The period is coming. Y'all gonna have to hold me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the thing. How do you, and even with you being a public figure and with you being so given and so involved, what is your me time? Like, like how do you find that safe space for yourself where you need to recharge or to, you know, find your happy again? I feel shame. Um, I sometimes I'm not very good with that. And, and I think it's important for the honesty. Yeah. I think it's important that I say that many times out loud. Um, I lost my father in July, um, unexpectedly. And, um, I still haven't grieved that. Like I have put some stuff in a box Mm -hmm. and I focused on work. Um, like the summer was about getting my daughter to college. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a lot of transition and I'm not, I'm not good with that. Um, like part of going to homecoming, which I'm really excited about. It's my first time going and it's my 20th part of that was being very intentional about going, not making an excuse. Mm-hmm. So when the Serena poem did really great, my book sales did yes. really well. I was like, okay, I'm going to buy my ticket now. So it's not money. I'm taking away from my household budget. This is not money I expected to get. Um, so thank y'all for who bought the book. <laughs> Keep buying some more. Yes. Um, just being very intentional with that and saying, I'm going to go spend three days where I'm not going to think about work. Of course, I'm going to think about my kids, but I'm, they're not going to be, the priority of my day-to-day planning and recharge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's, it's hard as hell. It is really difficult. And you add along the expectations not to be perfect, but you know, I want my board to be proud of me. I want my staff to know I'm fighting for them. I want the kids that we serve and their families to know that I'm, I'm as much as invested in their future as I am my own. Um, my writing is in, in, incredibly important to me. It's how I express myself. It is the realness of me. It is me without all of the other attachments. It's just my voice. And I am purposeful with using it 
in ways that I think give voice to people who are historically overlooked and silenced and invisible and making um, our pain something palpable that other people who haven't experienced it Mm -hmm. understand. And I think that's been the most wonderful thing about some of my pieces that are are really um, black centered is having, you know, people who are not black reach out to me and go, I've never thought about it that way. That is so painful. You know, I'm so sorry that I, you know, I didn't think about this impact. Um, Cause you, I mean, it's human nature. You really don't think about the impact of somebody else. Cause we live in, you our, live in your own, own life. life. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like it's easy to become self-consumed because you're always looking at it from the perspective of self. So it's, it's not even necessarily at times willful ignorance. It's more mm-hmm. so like, I'm just dealing with the hustle of my day to day and yeah. just trying to like keep it moving. So I think that's something, though, you bring a good point, the need to still carve out that personal time and being transparent about the fact you're not always going to do that. I'm not good at it. I'm I'm grateful for friends in my life who are like, let's go get something to eat. Let's grab a drink. Even this, this is me time because this is time that is just about me. It's just about me. And I can talk about all the different parts of myself, but there's not, um, you know, some sort of performance evaluation tied to it. Nah. So, um, but I will tell you y'all, she came here looking fly. She oh, got like her hair you done, are so, her earrings. So, oh like, she did it good though. I'm over here looking like I lost Isaiah, but she, you, no, are- you did not lose Isaiah because <laughs> Holly's hair was, it, listen, you good. You are, you, I was like, you, look, I mm-mm, am mm-mm. leaving the gym and I'm sore, but I, I wanted like, to be pretty for you. Thanks, love. Yeah, I, I'm very happy. Are you soaping everything? <laughs> so I think lastly, just second to last transition, I wanted to ask you. Um, you are gorgeous as hell. Oh my god! What is dating I need to come, like? I need to come around you more no, often. This has just been so lifting up from my spirit. Yeah, you lifted the girls actually. I'm lifting, like lifting, lifting, separate. Or like, get a drink. Yes. You know what? Where we gotta go? We gotta go to the hotel on. You know where the old Dunkin' Donuts used to be on Fifty Third? Yeah. Wait, what's that face? You don't like it? They have some work to do. So, oh, God. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm about to put them on blast because I reached out to their GM because I was there with a, one of my girlfriends who's a magnificent business owner. She owns four bakeries. Um, yeah, I mean, her on the show. Like. Uh, let me know. Um, okay. um, but she's she, great friend of mine. And, um, the service was horrible. It was just really, really bad. So we reached out like, hey, um, this was bad. We know you're and new. we know you're new. Let's sit down and talk about it because I want to bring my board there. I do. Uh, it used to be weekly, but we didn't got trifling. Um, <laughs> I do a, a Facebook live show with my best friend, David. All right. Mm-hmm. That's all right. We talk about art and, and there's a lot of art there. Um, and we were supposed to schedule something and we had just got. Radio science. Cricket. Who's the so there? I've got a, a ton of other places that we could go. See, this is what happens. Yeah, I ain't got to beg you to pay, give you my money now. Not, <laughs> like, not at all, sir. Especially at all. like there's Bibliophile, there's 
Oh, there's just many other there's, spots. There's there's tons. There's tons. And I mean, shit's will coming up. I, can I get in on the the taste? I, I of will. It? I will <laughs> let you know. Because that sounds like something. It I will is. definitely it's, get my net, my cuticles pushed back for. It like, is. That it, like a it's going to be so dope. So I mean, there's there's lots of great places, and there are lots of places that are larger establishments that have black um, chefs or sous chefs. Um, River Roast. I have a good friend who's a sous chef there. Like there's there's tons of different ways we can support blackness where it doesn't necessarily have to be black owned, although that is absolutely the ideal. Um one of my best girlfriends, her um brother in law, Corey, Chef Corey, he was on Master Chef. Mm-hmm. His food is fun. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. If Eric Williams would like to have us at Virtue, though, that would be nice. Wait, wait, wait. This sounds like, girl, also, That's in the new 8-bot. That's right. Because 810 did club. They, they weren't going to make mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I see what they tried. They failed. But I would go to them because they bought some of David's art and had it in there. So I would support. I'm a supporter. And I did like their mushroom ravioli. It was quite delicious. They had some good muscles. They did, and that's, I don't know why they weren't successful. Just their prices see, were high. It was. Their service was bad. I went there once, and I, it wasn't in the right service home about, but, okay. That's the thing, customer service is what will, that actually is part of my motivational message, but that is what will make or break you. Because I'm a really good cook. My dad is from New Orleans. My mom is from Mexico. If you are hungry, we can cook right Seasoning here and have drinks. is in your home. It, Okay. It is in my soul. I, adobo, I, my, sometimes where? when I cry, it's Lowry's. It's just <laughs> sprinkle it. Um, Crab boil juice. Zatarans. It just black girl magic is flavor. Exactly. Um, so I, when I'm out, I like good service, and I don't like being places where um, I don't get good service. And I think a lot of the times we don't get good service in certain areas is because we're not Caucasian. True, or we don't demand that same, or, so, or we let it slide. I, it's, of- it's exhausting. The 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 fatigue in being black and brown in this country. The hypersensitivity that goes it with is it. Constantly every- having to be conscious of how you navigate any damn space everywhere how you going to get dressed what are you going to wear who are you going to see how you should speak what time you should get there should i go here yes wait my boobs are out too much i don't know right you know where my son is at when is he going to come home what time that's going to be who should i prepare him for it is exhausting did i say ain't in that meeting damn it i think i sucked my teeth like it's it's just it's tiring and it takes a toll so I get enraged when I go somewhere and I can't even get the peace of being serviced because we're going through all of that again. Right. So then we go to black establishments and then sometimes we struggle there too. Not doing it. I'm not, I'm not even going to do that. I, I think I will. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I think because so many of us have not, have not received exceptional customer service. We don't know how to give it or train to it. I think the thing also is just a matter of you, you can have the your heart in the right place. And there are a lot of black establishments that I, I do see. They are trying to help the community. You're not willing to put your due diligence into truly making sure the infrastructure is mm-hmm. primo. You will mess up your business plan before you even get, get it off the ground. Because then what your reputation will be known for is, they food is good, but I'm sick of the service that I'm never mm-hmm. coming back here. Or it's like, which look, I will figure out 
how to make the damn secret sauce because at this point i am just fucking over it yeah. you know? good service you will go back for over and over and over again look there's certain restaurants and places i have my own waitress in the sense of like miss tish is the only person making my apple pancake at pancake house and they've all watched me grow up i remember that thing was on 53rd all of those i've I remember when the managers and the GMs like were the waitresses the and the chef. And now they running it. And I'm just like, nope. That is the only person I can touch my food and make my cranberry orange juice drink because she's been doing it for 15 years. And that's why I come back. Exactly. For her. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, for the staff, period. But I'm like, good customer service will make or break your business. All day. It will make or break your brand. It will make or break you. Everything. Because yeah, it's it's... Everybody's service. How, how you relate to each and every person you come in contact with says something about you. And you know what? Also, I think people just do not realize every time you take for granted somebody else, you are showing God how he should treat your vision or mm-hmm. your dream or your prayer. Because the thing is, he's not a vengeful in the sense of like vindictive. But the thing is, he also doesn't reward Shitty behavior. And it's like, whether you believe in God or a higher being, whatever, karma, however you look at it, the universe, it it will come back to you 20-fold. Mm-hmm. You know, stealing people's work will come back to you 20-fold. I will never forget, there was someone I called out. Um, this young lady th- on IG, Thick East African Girl. She had she does these really beautiful. I know her. I follow her, and he stole her stuff, and we was going bananas, weren't we? I we literally was ready to, was, I had never met her before, and I was ready to fight on her behalf. I remember the young the man who did it, and he even responded to me. He was, well, I didn't take it from her. This was from a Vogue article. I'm like, so you're willing to tell me that you stole it for Annie Leibovitz, one of the most respected photographers, photojournalists in the industry. So not only are you a thief, you a stupid thief. Like, who does that? No, you know? he's not a, he's 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 not a stupid. He's a white entitled thief, which is always gonna be in shock. What do you mean I can't take what I want? That's been my DNA. She said no. What? What no N O? What does that say? What does that mean? Was there a period after that or was it a comma? Right. <laughs> she quantified would absolutely not know not right. know now no like she has backup and i can't maybe can't fight this case no or no like ain't nobody gonna know it was her oh, anyway i really was no like i was really not asking i'm gonna do what i want to do anyway and then when called out about it having no accountability for it and pointing fingers and still not taking it or, or being forced and shamed into taking it out and making it seem like well i'm doing this because i'm being beat up you're being beat up because you were a dick that is it. Because it wasn't your stuff. Exactly. she's a lame artist with no vision. The crazy thing is now, every time I go to my church, when I do go, don't shame me, God. But that Obama picture that I see now with her in the headdress, I love the photo, but I hate it at the same time because I'm just like, mm-hmm. she didn't co-sign this and he didn't get proper credit for this either. Like, nope. it just drives me nuts. So... I personally want to ask you one last thing. When it comes to the legacy of Leslie, oh. when it comes to Fist and Fire, or when it comes to what it is that you want people to know about you, what do you think is the 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 true core? Ooh. I know, right? Ooh, what a way to end it. Whoa, this is, <laughs> this is um, woo, um... <laughs> Mm. 
I hope my legacy is for for my children and for their children um, is that I have strived extremely hard to be authentic mm-hmm. um, in a time and in a place where authenticity is not celebrated um, in all areas of my life, in my work, in my relationships, um, in the things that make me happy. Um, it took a while to shed that fear to be able to say, I'm a 14, 16. I'm probably going to be a 14, 16 for the rest of my life because I have no desire to do anything that will change it. I like heavy cream. I like bacon. The only exercise I really like to do is dancing. Um, I'm not going to starve myself. Um, I'm going to be sexy. Um, my boobs is going to be out. I'm five, nine and I'm going to wear heels. I'm going to write what I want to write. I'm going to not, clean my floorboards when I don't feel like it. I'm going to buy, you know, some new underwear when I don't feel like doing laundry. Like just, I think we are taught as women of color that we have to be something, um, other than real, that we can't feel pain, um, that we can't show it, that we can't be vulnerable. Um, and I want my kids to, to find what it is that they are passionate about, whatever it is, and seek it with everything that they have, with reckless abandon um, and not considering what people will say about it. Mm-hmm. Have freeness. Freedom. It is. It's a word we toss around a lot. And truly, like, yes. I think that's, it's layers to it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like, there's a level of freedom that I'm pretty sure you feel now that a different space of life you didn't feel when you were in that space different, you know, it's consistently evolving. Always, always. And knowing that you're not finished. Like I like who I am today. I don't know who I'm going to be tomorrow. I hope I like her too. She's, she should be a completely different person than I am because the me tomorrow hadn't, you know, me today didn't have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Me, Me tomorrow will. And, and we'll have, knowledge and wisdom from that exactly um, freedom in my dating life that's a hmm. I, I i'm taking recommendations i'm I, not i i think this month or this last 30 days <laughs> we'll talk about that off air <laughs> i was like i was like I'm not. It's it's me and this stairmaster and Jesus till the end of the year. Like I have nothing. That is beautiful. I'm good. Um, but I have thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed having you here. Me like too. I am super, super happy to have had this opportunity because I remember I told my cousin I was just like I gotta get her on my show, which means we gotta do a show. Like I hadn't even fully like started. Joy has questions, and I was just like, yes, it's happening. So, um. All the support, let me know, girl, when it's time to light something down. I'm like, I will be there with my black mask on and my little cute leather gloves ready to go. I so. love you so much for that. <laughs> I'm like, and to that professor, I hope every tulip you touch dies. <laughs> no, okay. Ain't going to be touching no more tulips because the letters will happen. Hey, actually, you know what? No, I'm not taking this out on tulips because paratulips are one of my three favorite flowers. So I'm not going to sit there and even do that. They That's did beautiful. absolutely nothing. 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 They're I just used to wait. plant tulips with my mom. And, um, oh, I loved it. Exactly. And I remember, I was going, Mom, what's wrong 
with those tulips? She was like, those are parrot tulips. I'm like, oh, okay, they're cute. <laughs> I was like, these weird tulips. That's <laughs> how we know winter is over. True. Okay. When Annuals versus tulips, perennials. Like, like, okay, it's coming. It's a hope. We didn't made it through. Yeah, another <laughs> Chicago winter. Oh, but no, let me know if there's anything that you need, and I definitely, definitely will be there. So, ladies and gentlemen, I just did an interview. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Well, 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 look who decided to finally bring herself to Chicago. Summer is here, guys. Mother Nature finally decided to let all of us see sunlight, and I am here for it. So best believe I'm going to be at somebody's kickback all June, July, August, and possibly a little bit of September. You know that first month always be popping with some Cavassier VSOP, the only drink that is worth drinking for summertime to get it in. I hope you're doing the same, and let's get it back with Joy Has Questions. Right now, I'm really quickly just going to do my motivational message for this week, which is breathe. And as this year clearly is gone, like it's only kids think time drags on. For me, I'm like, God damn, I have made it through 12 cycles of paying comment. I have survived Verizon Wireless. I didn't get evicted, Jesus. So I, I did it. Um, But that's the thing. There is, I find the older I get, I really enjoy the reflection of the end of the year. And it's not based on the fact of like, oh, I just really want to sit back and toast my achievements. But it's really being happy with the, no matter what was thrown in front of me, I still found a way to make a way. And that's something that, especially I feel black women, we don't give ourselves credit for. That's like, a legacy right there. Right. Well, so we'll continuously be like, oh, I did this. I did that. I was on this panel. I was doing this. I was at Chicago. And then we'll look up and like, we're on to the next, on to the next. And then sometimes we don't even like to vocalize it. I'm not saying this in terms of being boastful. And I'm not saying this also to separate those who may still be in a space of trying to figure out what their purpose is. Cause I, I'm here to support you all with that too. But if you know that you have grinded it out and did the best that you could do for this year, you sit back, get you a cup of blueberry white yogi tea, my fave personally. Or bourbon. Or or whatever. Bourbon, a pina colada, a blunt, whatever. I don't care. Right. And you toast yourself and you have that, that exhalation. Because that is needed. Mm-hmm. If you can't exhale and just take that moment to yourself, it doesn't mean you're going to fall apart. It's not meaning that you're lazy. It doesn't mean that you ain't taking advantage or I'll sleep when I'm dead. No, I want to sleep when I'm tired. And then I want to go back to work. Sleep is so sexy. It is. Oh, it feels so good. Like, there are certain days I wake up and I'm like, I can't wait to get through everything I am doing so to get back get to back this here. moment. Mm. To mm. this nook that I have made in this bed. Okay? My bed is my current significant other let me tell you something now that i just got that velvet headboard i am out here living my best uh lisa vanderpump life i'm just like you can't tell me i'm an adult okay i have uh different like aesthetics going on lace like i'm like oh i'm here now but that's the thing enjoying those little moments Mm -hmm. you know i had something happen to me i had no furniture for like six months to a year the fact that I have furniture in my bed, that is something to celebrate. The fact that I'm sitting here on my show and I have made it through to a, to literally my inaugural physical year, you know, I'm happy with that. You better Whatever be. Whatever you've done, be 
excited about that. If that was you taking one step into what you feel your destiny or your passion or where that truly lies, be excited and know what you have to do now in the following year to take it even to the higher level. Don't let your accomplishments or your achievements just get relegated to the back of your mind or to a LinkedIn sheet because you're just so busy trying to attack and move on to the next. Because you will look up one day, burnt the fuck out, with all these amazing achievements that you were never even truly happy with. And I want my roses now. Give me all my roses. Actually, I want my birds of paradise and my butterfly orchids because those are my favorite flowers. But I'm just saying... I want my flowers now. I'm I have worked this my- word right now. I am receiving <laughs> the word. Like if we've worked our asses off, toast to the good life and let's keep it moving and keep the fight going. So I want everyone just to think about that going into next week. Have an amazing week except Satan's Cheeto. Um, I hope he figures out how to manage the forest. What an idiot. Um, but outside of that, Love, light. Everyone have a good time. And I will catch you next week on Joy Has Questions. Bye.